Well, hey, everybody. Welcome to the Midweek Podcast. Uh, this week, Josh, and look who's look who's here. Yeah. I'm supposed to be behind the camera. Oh, no, this is amazing. Behind the camera is... Well, I, just as as far as the process has gone, I was helping out with the podcast. And then I yeah. think one week you tricked me into being on the podcast. I don't think it was tricking. And then it's like, let's do video. And then I'm like, cool, I'll just hang out behind the camera. And so... I'm not sure what his alt, your ultimate, just sort of plan is here, but it's just, it, um, I just here like we are. I just like having conversations with you, and, and I think it's good for people to see. Okay, I mean, this is the age of video. It is. Well, I do like making them, but okay, this is new. It's new for me. It's the golden age it's of TV, new. and now a video. <laughs> oh, video, it's amazing. Okay. All right. So just for everybody out there, we are in a brand new series at the church. So it's called Long Story Short, A Letter, A Betrayal, and a Decision. And it's all based on the book of Philemon, which most people don't really kind of jump over because it's literally just one chapter. It's easy to jump. Yeah. It's like, what's the big deal about this? And yet inside of the book, there's just so much richness of Mm -hmm. what's happening and what's going on. And so just to give you a kind of a recap on historically what's happening in Philemon. So Onesimus is the slave of Philemon. Philemon is the basically where the church in Colossae is meeting at his house. So he's a church leader. Um, and so Epiphras is the pastor of the church in Colossae and they're doing their thing. And this guy Onesimus is uh, is a slave and he ends up robbing Philemon hmm. and running away. Uh, so he runs away all the way to Rome and by God's, you know, big words like providence or you know, sovereignty or whatever you want. Sure. He, uh, he ends up meeting Paul and he becomes a Christian. And so he's hanging out with Paul doing his thing. And then all of a sudden Paul says, look, like you're still, Onet- you're still Philemon's slave. We have to make this right. He writes a letter, i.e. the book of Philemon. Hmm. And Onesimus takes it and goes back to the slave owner mm-hmm. that owns him. And by Roman law, a few things could have happened. Like he could have actually um, just accepted him back. That's one of the options. Uh, he would have had to pay a penalty. Or because he's a slave, Philemon can do whatever he wants. And so to the point of if he feels so offended, he can actually kill him for, for wow. robbing. So there's there's a lot of complexities to it. Yeah. But... The very fact that this letter actually got to Philemon is amazing. And then Luke said something last week that I thought was really profound. He said, like, imagine, you know, someday after he he is gone, mm-hmm. that his friend uh, would have a letter of his that people would find after his friend passed away. And it was like from right. written from his own hand. Right. And that's exactly what this is. Like at some point, somebody would have found the letter that Paul wrote to Philemon and it was significant enough that it stayed around and actually became part of uh, the canon yeah. later on. So, yeah. so, so anyway, part of the Bible. Anyway, canon's a big word for right. whatever. How it, yes. Whatever, how yeah. it all became. But yeah. anyway, it became part of the Bible that we read on a daily basis. Right. And so like the story is not only beautiful, but it's, it's very complicated. And one of the things from last week's sermon that was so cool was... Um, Luke really brought out the idea of partnership, the mutuality of partnership mm. that happens between Paul and Philemon. And Paul makes it very clear that, you know, we're better together. Actually, what happens when we partner together is we're refreshed with one another. Right. So I, 
so we'll jump off of that for this week. Okay. I think that's a very rare thing, actually. That a partnership in general? A partnership that brings like this idea of refreshing. Hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like, I think a lot of times when we look at church, it, we go to church, right. we do things, but the idea of having a partnership that is so refreshing hmm. that actually pushes us to betterment, like that's, that's, I think that's actually rare. I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm crazy, but. Yeah. I mean, cause I think a lot of times too, it, it feels, and again, is that like what's, it feels like sometimes it's, you know, that you either have to give or take yeah. and is that refreshing? I don't know. So what, how, do, how do you, how do you get the refreshing part? How well, do you, you know, how, how does, how does it not become um, just either all giving or all taking or, or maybe can you be refreshed in those sorts of situations? Yeah. Um, but I mean, obviously that's attractive. I'd yeah. like that. How do I get that? Right. Yeah. Well, yeah. And I think that's the complicated reality of it is yeah. we all want it. Yeah. I mean, like we live in this age where really people are so disconnected. Yeah. Uh, and as connected as we are, we're so disconnected. But at the same time, like when it comes down to um, actual partnership, I mean, the idea of it is very intimate. Mm -hmm. But I think most people are terrified of intimacy. Well, for sure. Because if you actually knew me. Yeah. Then... Yeah, maybe you wouldn't like what you saw. But what is it about that? Like, why yeah. why are we so scared of of letting people see who we really are and allowing them to work with us to yeah. get better? Well, I think um, a lot of people feel like that their struggles or their you know their issues are unique, and so if I were to say these are my issues, that you know, you'd be horrified and, you know, whatever. But I, th I think that's the, that's part of what I love about, you know, telling stories and, and learning about people's mm -hmm. lives is that you realize there's a lot more, you know, common ground than not. And um, so for me, I often will ask you know, when we're talking to someone about their story, I'll be like, you know, the more you can tell me as hard as it might seem in the moment, the better it's going to be. And, and I think that's true of just even our friendships or right. relationships or partnerships is this, is the vulnerability. But I think we have this idea that vulnerability is a, is a weakness that, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. that we're, um, that we're either, or we're giving up too much. I think for me too, sometimes I think if I show too much or give too much, then someone will take advantage of me. Someone yeah. will abuse that. Um, someone will use that to, um, to get their own power yeah, in, yeah, yeah. in the situation. So there's a defensiveness potentially there. Uh, so there's a lot of, there's a lot of things working against a, um, you know, that kind of a partnership. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I heard a story this week. There was a, a gal that came to my office and she was talking about like, our family member that over Christmas and he passed away. Hmm. And so a young guy left four kids. Like it was, it was as the way it happened was tragic anyway, hmm. but the stories that came out of, of this guy's funeral and like the viewing the life of, of this guy right. was amazing. Like at one point, this guy just said, look, like, you know, went to his pastor and said, I'm struggling with porn. Hmm. Uh, I want to be very honest and open about that. And then a bunch of guys at the funeral, were saying how they were part of the support group that he had started really? and how that had changed their lives. Hmm. Like, wow. and 
that I think is like the the epitome or the the example of what we're talking about. This mm-hmm. idea of being so willing to share your life with people, even the hard stuff, like because I think part of it is we're f- afraid that people will reject us. Yeah. But most times, like when I find out stuff about people, it's never a oh man, what a horrible human being. Like unless it's like literally you're a mass murderer, you don't care, right? Uh, or like whenever I even even to the point where I I see people that do awful things. Yeah. But when I see that they don't care, that's when for me I'm like, okay, I'm yeah. you're 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 awful, right? So yeah, it's less about the act than about the I mean and, the and attitude. That's that's good. It's less Matt. about the act. It's more about the attitude. We should Matt. just put that on a t-shirt or something. Yeah, Rick Warren would be so so proud of me. <laughs> All the alliteration. So I think and the thing is, I think a lot of us would would agree that I think oh man, that'd be awesome. Okay, but you go first. So but that's what it is, right? It's like uh, I think I'd love to be in that situation, but I don't want to be the first one to do it. So it's like okay, yeah, yeah by all means, if you go first, then I'll go. But uh, but I think that's what you said yeah. was that's what the thing holding back yeah. this idea of like refreshing partnership because how can you yeah. like when when you don't really know somebody or you're constantly trying to put on these facades, how can you actually get to the core of who a person is? and then love them enough to care for them in the middle of their mess mm. and then love you in the middle of your mess and have the decency to call each other out on stuff and push each other and move yeah. forward. Like, yeah, that's the, that's a great question. And I mean, for me, I know thinking in terms of ministry and the way the, the things are moving in a direction in terms of the way we live our lives digitally and all that. I mean, mm. we can't, we're never, we're not going to undo that. Like we're not, right. we're not going to as Christians, and we don't want to separate ourselves so much that we're like we're going to disconnect from all those things. Yeah. So that's you know thinking of doing ministry and and meeting people where they're at is becoming. I mean, maybe it's always been hard. It's always been hard, but it always obviously hard. presents unique challenges now. And so you know, there's the you know how, how much do you embrace of it to to achieve that level of ministry? Do you you know? And so that's been, and obviously even just things like this, which, you know, you know, again, is for me a little bit of a jaded church person and like, you know, it is, is it what, you know, is this is, what's this going to do? Is this the right, you know, in terms of the right yeah, yeah, methods? Yeah. And so for me, it's going to, I think it's really interesting to be able to, to have a medium, but also to not, not forsake this, this thing that we're, that we're talking about, the partnership. Well, it- it's getting harder. Mm-hmm. Like I, like I even I read a so the Evangelical Fellowship of Canada puts out this these like every few years they do these uh, like health of the church mm-hmm. overall or what's mm-hmm. going on or attendance or whatever. Sure. And uh, anyway, like I read yesterday, it was eleven percent of Canadians, not just Christians of every faith, mm-hmm. actually attend some kind of regularized. Um, like gathering, right? But that's down from sixty-seven percent so just after World War II, wow. and then thirty percent in nineteen ninety-six. That was nineteen ninety-six was like ten years ago, wasn't it? Oh, that's what I feel like yeah. sometimes. Oh, yeah. Man, ninety-six Backstreet Boys or whatever. <laughs> really, Backstreet? Boys. Don't judge me. <laughs> but I think that was early two thousands, by the way. 
Okay. So, well, and again, that just that does that indicate how old we are. Because if '96 and 2001 are yeah. the same time frame, then then we're anyway. Yeah. Point being, yeah. Sonic Youth. It's there we go. Okay. Yeah, there, there we go. Okay, Much there. cooler now. Uh, <laughs> um, but it's I think. But so that's a trend now, and and it's I mean uh, this is a bigger bigger question about the the yeah. state of a church and is is a church going statistic a declining church going statistic necessarily <clears throat> a bad thing because um, you know there's this, a whole idea of different ways to express your faith and I think I mean meeting together and being mm-hmm. together is important how authentic <clears throat> were those experiences <clears throat> for people in the 90s and in yeah. um, in the 60s and 50s. So, I mean, I'm always curious about how cuz we're not going to reverse a trend. No. So, how do we how do we use the trend to actually meet people? But that I think that's what I'm, like that's what I'm saying yeah. is I think people aren't buying in to things that aren't giving them the partnerships that bring refreshing yep. okay that makes sense. right like yeah. I, I don't think they are yeah. i think like when a lot of millennials even like so part of the part of the the research was look at they went after 12 year olds uh, what did you how did you express your faith at 12 versus mm. now and like the drop off mm. for people in terms of christianity for example when they were 12 right. they were very happy to say sure. or more more stats were like oh yeah i'm a yeah. christian yeah. and then once you're adults, it like drops yeah. over half. Well, I, I think the reality is for a lot of Gen Xers, millennials, like, like even in, in, in the research, they were showing how older, mm. older folks, like mm. boomers and older than that, just are not finding that partnership of refreshing inside of local churches. And so they're dropping off as well. Okay. So is it, whose fault is it? <laughs> who, yeah, who should I, we blame? I who mean, should we blame? Like, I think I think there's a lot of well-intentioned people. Mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of church leaders that are like, yes, let's do this. And even the way that we measure things, like we're like, oh, well, this church is doing good. That church isn't doing so well, right. whatever. But a lot of it is just because you have the stats, does it actually mean that mm-hmm. people are finding life-giving partnerships? Right. And that there's discipleship and that there's yeah. the hard stuff that is you can't put a number to. Totally. Right? So. And and I think I don't think anybody would disagree like we are better together. Yes. I think yeah. that's that's a yes check mark like yeah. we need those those relationships. But <clears throat> I think it has to go deeper than just are you attending something on on the mm-hmm. regular? Mm-hmm. Like are, are you actually finding deep connectedness with other people? Yeah. Like even one person. Yeah. I mean, and I think that's and again, I don't know if it's, you know, not to, to gender stereotype, but I think for guys, it's even harder. I think women do it more naturally. I think for guys, it's easy just to, you got your job, you got your family and, you know, either there's no time or, or it's just not high on your priority list. So, I mean, I know for me, I felt that tension because um, I feel like, you know, my duty is, these are my things that I got to mm-hmm, do. Mm-hmm. And then, hey, if there's time you know but i again i don't think that helps or serves anyone when when you when you prioritize that as low as as i have at least so, yeah. but that, i mean that's uh, i mean that is interesting so then you know where yeah i mean i, th- 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 I think there's a few things i think obviously there are issues you know programs and things that we just you know again we put numbers to these programs and and think that 
that's the solution. But I do think it's hard, it's hard because um, we are not people aren't doing the hard work anymore mm-hmm. either. So it's kind of like a it's a on both sides there's a problem because we don't do the hard work anymore yeah. of of being in people's lives. It's inconvenient. It's you know, and a lot of times it's it doesn't give you anything back. And so that's that was my question about the refreshing. Like, how yeah, do we yeah. achieve that? That's a symbiotic relationship. Yeah. And maybe maybe you find refreshing in just giving and, and whatever. But uh, well, but but Luke gave a he, he talked about this story with him and his brother-in-law mm. and like how his brother-in-law is this wild man that yeah. like can hike for days. That's and crazy. like and Luke just is not at that at that hiking level. No. But his brother-in-law had to step back and actually, you know, wait right. and, and be patient. Right. And at, at the end of it, they still achieved the same goal. It's true. But yeah. it was the journey of stopping, having coffee, doing all of those things together yeah. that actually made it worthwhile. And I think, like, we were so worried about the end. Yeah. Like, we want we want the destination. Like, I want the six-pack. I want the, well, yeah. I mean, yeah, but... I do. But. Right, I do, but... <laughs> I also I also really enjoy food. Uh, you know, I want I want these deep connected mm-hmm. relationships. Mm-hmm. I want like a great marriage. I want my kids to be successful. Yeah. I, you know, all of those things. Yeah. I want to be the greatest parent on the planet. But like we dismiss the journey right. of the togetherness towards those things. And so when it doesn't happen as quickly as we'd like, I think lots of times it's like, well, screw this, I'm done. Like, it doesn't matter. It will never get there. And we just give up so easy. So I think the hard work bit, yeah, yeah, we don't do hard work. Yeah. Right, like, so even like movies like um, bad movies, like A Wild Hogs, for example, bad movie. I don't, I've never seen that. Yeah, it's with, uh, like, I think John Travolta is in it. It's like a bunch of old guys that uh, go, go biking. Like not, not so that, that's why I haven't seen it. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, <laughs> I think Ricky Gervais made a okay. made a made a made a shot at it in, okay. in his Golden Globes things. Which, okay, which is okay. Nice. But uh, like, here are these like four or five old guys mm-hmm. that just are go, get on bikes and they've been best friends yeah. for years. Yeah, and I think like especially for guys, there's this like I want that. Yeah, or like a Sex in the City or like. Any kind of movie or film where there is these deep connected friendships, I think everybody wants the friends, you know, right. like, like when you look at friends, yeah. people are like, these six people are like best friends. They go in each other's apartments. They can take each other's sugar, you know, all, all of, all of that other For stuff. Sure. I want that. Yeah. Living in New York lofts. Like this is amazing. Yeah. But, <laughs> but I think like the portrayal of it is actually um doesn't doesn't really do justice to the hard work that it takes to get that yeah for sure for sure hmm all right so how do we do it how do we achieve that that refreshing symbiotic relationship thing? yes it sounds so matrix when you say I know that. it does some symbiosis symbio anyway i think you actually have to commit to doing the hard work yeah right like uh, so I say this all the time to couples that are getting married, like the stats on arranged marriages that succeed are so much higher hmm. than fall in love marriages because 
like in a in a arranged marriage, there are a lot of com- complex realities, like sure. familial stuff yeah. or what. But ultimately, there's no there's no room for not making this work. Like right. they're committed, is, they have to yeah. do it. Like Elizabeth Gil- Gilbert, the uh, Eat Pray Love girl, okay. she actually wrote a book after um, after Eat Pray Love called Committed, and she did this whole evaluation on marriage hmm. and in Southeast Asia because of some things that happened in her and her sure. Brazilian lover had to whatever Whoa. i know very okay. complicated okay. but the book itself is amazing and it really is about how like the the marriages that do last are based on commitment hmm. and so i think any relationship that you have has to be based on i'm committed to making this work right. i'm going to see see this through i'm going to work it out and do the hard work to make this happen hmm. so whether it's kids you know uh marriage or even friendship yeah I think like we give up too easily on friendships because we're yeah. like, nah, it's not worth my time. Right. But ultimately like what, what is life about other than relationships? Yeah. Right. Even the idea of love God, love people. Well, loving God is still a relationship. Mm-hmm. Loving people is still a relationship and you got to work on both yeah. of those to, to make them viable and good and they're hard. Hmm. So, you know, I think the how it's going to be different for everybody. Right. So then, and what does that look like in ministry then as the future of ministry? I'm curious. Yeah, I think like, you know, like one, there was one time I, we were, we were a pastor in Newfoundland. I was, I had to hire, I had to hire uh, a youth pastor and I asked want this guy who was like the premier youth pastor in the Maritimes. His name is Mike Miller. He's, he planted a church in, uh, in Halifax called Nova. Mm. Check it out. Okay. Um, I remember asking him like what would you like what would you hire right now and he said man like it's tough because he was like trying to fill buses with kids to go to hockey games and like kids weren't registering and even during worship times at this like mega church youth group they were on their phones yep and so he he said i i'd hire a connector like somebody who can actually connect with people and learn how to connect people together so he gave this example of hillsong uh, new york city like when they when they had hired a youth pastor, it wasn't like this amazing speaker. He wasn't this, you know, very charismatic guy like Carl Lentz, for example. It was this guy named Diego who just was amazing at creating relationships and connecting people. Hmm. And that whole thing blew up because they were doing house parties on Friday nights with kids and just like DJs having a great time. And he was training leaders how to connect people together. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what's missing. Hmm. Is that, you know, we're looking for the superstars, yeah. but the superstars are not necessarily creating or helping to create the, the ecosystem for connection. Right. Yeah. Wow. And then, I mean, though that process is the connecting process is a lot less sexy. Oh, it, uh, hard to, hard to establish return on investment. Yeah all of those things right and so that's uh i think that's a challenge at least as far as the future goes but again i think i agree i think that's a great a great perspective and uh i'm grateful for the people because i still remember i remember that obviously even just it's i've been a while since i've been in youth yeah, group. Yeah. but i mean again it's those those people that i still remember that yeah. you know um i mean and shout out to mike i mean my my son parker 
is a big fan yeah. of my and again it's because of that there's no they're not doing pyro in youth group no. and they're not doing it's just it's but it's real real conversations and real and so anyway i, th- I think that's exciting to to know that that's a priority too so well but i think yeah. like let's brag on mike like yeah. both are both of our we have i have two kids in yeah. in junior high you have one yeah. like my son luke today was on the way to school was yeah. telling me he's like mike killed it last night hmm. and i said killed it like what 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 do you mean and he like and he said he told me exactly what mike spoke about hmm, hmm. like yep he's 13 tr- yeah. turning 14 yeah if he doesn't want to listen he doesn't sure yeah do, do you know what i'm saying yeah, like oh, he yeah. he is so like he only listens to the things that capture his attention yeah. and like as as i'm listening to him talk about mike and the sermon and all the things that he's doing i'm like man this guy has figured a way to connect with my son yeah in a way that actually gets to his heart so that when he actually says something he's listening to it yeah and i think that's what's missing i think we think that if we say something profound people will listen but if there's no connection right people don't listen yeah and then on the other hand my my son who is uh you know a self-described introvert and a nerd yeah, yeah. like he likes you know i didn't when i was a kid a nerd was a bad thing but apparently now That's it's so cool it can be a good thing look at us uh but <laughs> but um but he, yeah mike intentionally connects with parker in ways that parker yeah. gets and i think so i mean again very grateful for that and for those people who are putting in that often thankless work oh of yeah connecting um but that's what it is it's thankless because right. nobody sees it exactly like it's easy to yeah. get up and like lead lead an amazing song well, it's not easy but like sure well no it, it's it's certainly easier than the than the than the deep connections than the day the day-to-day stuff even which, getting up yeah. and just preaching sermons like yeah. you're looking into a crowd of people yeah but it's different when the connection point is like face to face and you're actually talking to people. Yeah. So, so I think it is awesome. hard work. Yeah. I think it's hard work. And I think, you know, like until we are ready to do the hard work, you can't look for that, the refreshing of partnership, that's a good the point. journeying yeah. together. No, that's good. Well, thanks for spending time with us. As you can tell, uh, <laughs> this is a different shot. It is. And the reason was the because... Continuity is not here. Yeah, I had to leave, okay. but... Uh, so we're just finishing this one up. So thanks for spending time with us. Uh, just tune in for next week. We're pros. We part two no, of pros. our long story short. Yes. Uh, series. So exciting. Anyway, thanks for joining us. See you later.